Just a few odds and ends for this catch-up. We caught up with old mate Smook and talked about the cricket coming up this afternoon. Greta Thunberg, wow, what a get from me. She's the time person of the year and she appears on the Sean for Breakfast show. Chris Russell as well. Very exciting catch-up. Enjoy. Across Esperance, Sean for Breakfast. That's some of Silverchair's later work on Sean for Breakfast, Essence's 747 Triple M. That band there, though, Silverchair and Daniel Johns, they hit it big with their first album, their debut album, Frog Stomp. They were only 15 and 16 years old when they released it. And it brings me to the story I want to talk about next. Greta Thunberg, the 16-year-old Swedish climate change activist, has won Time's Person of the Year. Um, congratulations to her, of course. Might as well give her a little bit of a round of applause. She won it because of the global movement she started, uh, campaigning for the environment. It all started back in 2018 when she skipped school and camped in front of the Swedish parliament to demand action. Since then, she's appeared uh, in front of the UN. She's gone to the US, and now she's travelling around the world uh, asking people to join in a global climate strike. Look, it's very exciting for her, and you know what's exciting for me? I've actually got her on the program. And and Greta, congratulations on winning Times Person of the Year. How do you feel? This is all wrong. I don't think I don't think so. I think you've done a really I think you've done a good job for someone that's so young. How dare you? Uh, I mean I didn't I didn't mean any offence. How dare you? Alright. Apparently, now everyone else agrees. Well, we'll just leave it there then. Uh, thank you. Thank you very much, Greta Thunberg. Across Esperance, Sean for Breakfast. We have got a test series starting today at Optus Stadium in Perth. It's very exciting stuff. Australia versus those idiots from across the ditch. No offence to any Kiwis out there to talk to me about it. I have Smook on the line. Mate, how you going? Yeah, the New Zealanders are just really nice, aren't they, Sean? They're just... <laughs> Too nice sometimes. They're just too nice, and they're really friendly and stuff. And yeah, no, let's beat them in cricket. I reckon. I reckon we should. I love that um, World Cup a couple of years ago when New Zealand said, "Yeah, we don't sledge, we don't do anything like that," and the Australians just tucked right in, started sledging away. <laughs> I took to them the like Australian a like a stake, tore in. Yeah, that's that's the Australian way. I, I dare say that's not going to happen this series. Seems like Australia have turned a bit of a corner after a. Uh, Minor cricketing indiscretion a couple of and years inc- ago. But, an incident uh, that we will not talk about on this program uh, between yeah, some prominent players. <laughs> hard to remember that incident, really. Oh, oh I know, Sean. I'll tell you what I do know about incidents is that Dave Warner's in good form. I'm, mm. not, I'm not sure why his name pops to mind about any incidents, but yep. she's Dave Warner's striking them nicely. And um, Steve Smith's in a rare, a rare low spot, if that's what you want to call it. He probably only averaged 20 or 30 in that last series against Pakistan, but... Mark my words, Sean Lindsay, Steve Smith will make a lot of runs in this test series. Well, we've been saying a lot that David Warner, he's a little bit of a bully. He just picks on those bowlers that are a bit pedestrian. And and New Zealand have got a pretty good bowling attack. I mean, the question whether Bolt will play over Lockie Ferguson, I think that's up in the air. We'll know that at the toss. But other than that, I think the New Zealand bowlers are pretty good. They like to seem it, but 
I think on uh, on Australian pitches, you also need a little bit of pace. Uh, I think where it's got, what it's going to come down to is will New Zealand's batsmen stand up to our pace bowlers? I mean, Mitchell Stark is in some stunning form. Paddy Cummins is he's almost our number one bowler. We've got the GOAT as well in line. Will Kane Williamson and BJ Watling, your man BJ Watling, will they stand up to the test? Beige, big beige Watling. Big beige. Yeah, I think you're absolutely spot on, Sean. I reckon it's going to come down to whether their batsmen can handle the all-out pace of our, of our attack and also whether the Australian batsmen, the likes of Warner and Joe Burns and even Steve Smith, are really like to feel bad on ball. Are they going to be able to leave a couple early on when that ball's just nipping around a little bit? Because, mm. like you say, the paces from New Zealand, Wagner especially, he's, he moves it a little bit off the deck. And if our guys want to just chuck their bat out there and have a little nibble at one, then it'll be a bit like Dave Warner and Stuart Broad in the ashes and he'll be nicking off early. Uh, the question is, mate, and what I want to ask you right now, a very serious question, how hot is it over there right now? I know you're in Perth. How hot is it? It's, it's heating up early. Mate. <laughs> it is. It is. What are we sitting on? It's, uh, I can't. I don't know what time it is. I don't have a. I don't have a clock in front of me. But it's uh, it's reasonably early, and mm. the temperature is a pretty high already. I reckon by the time play starts today, first ball is maybe about one o'clock. Sean, it's going to be sitting nicely, comfortably at forty degrees. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to stay at forty for probably the first session and a half of that test. It's going to be very, very hot for these boys for the next few days. Yeah, my dad, uh, he was trying to tell me that someone was telling him, so obviously this is Chinese whispers, that they might even push back the test match a couple of days to avoid the heat wave, which is absolutely ludicrous. These blokes get paid a lot of money to stand in their whites on the field and play cricket. Go out there and play, you idiots. It's not that hot. India's hotter than oh, that. Well, well, Sean, my next door's Janitor's second child babysitter told me that they're going to be allowed to have drink bottles on the field with them at all times and put <laughs> no. them in the, back of that, in the back pocket. No. No? No, not true? Well, oh, that's surely not. For you. No, if that's the case, then I will, I'll eat my hat. I'll eat that water bottle that you're talking about. Uh, just before I let you go, obviously Australia na- will name an unnamed uh, lineup. apparently. That's what uh, Mr Payne said yesterday at a press conference. Uh, New Zealand will be mostly unchanged as well. It should be fascinating. We'll find out at the toss. Your prediction for the match? Uh, I think in Perth that the wicket might be a little bit spicier than we are used to seeing. We haven't seen for a little while. I reckon Australia might win this one. I reckon they'll win. They'll bowl England out in the fourth. Uh, bowl New Zealand out in the fourth innings. I reckon, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. I don't mind that. My prediction is that uh, there'll be a lot of drinks breaks taken across the first three days. Smook, you have a beautiful day. Stay out of the heat. Get into some aircon or something. I'll catch you later. That's the plan. Thanks, Sean. Across Esperance. Sean for breakfast. We want to talk about A2 Milk. What the heck is A2 Milk? Well, it's this new fad, this revolution, and apparently just a healthy alternative of dairy. To talk to me about it, I have Chris Russell. He's our Acromitis podcast host on the line. Uh, he's uh, got that season three up and running. It's terrific. Go and download it from podcast1.com.au. Chris, how are you? Pretty good, Sean. How are you going over there? I'm, we're, we're going pretty good. In general, everyone's all right. But we want to talk about agriminers and this this episode that we want to talk about well there's a couple actually dairy dairy quite contrary and one of the interesting things about this podcast that you've done this episode is that your agriminer in this case she's actually just resigned from her position so it's quite topical yes well she was she's the lady jane hardlicker 
uh, has been the CEO for around about 18 months, I think, of, of A2 Milk Company. Now, A2 Milk Company is an extraordinary company because it's now about 11.2% of the whole milk consumed in Australia is A2 Milk, and yet it's double the price of ordinary milk. And it's based on this whole theory that all milk originally was A2, and then about 5,000 years ago, uh, cows suddenly got genetically to produce A1 milk protein. It's just a different type of protein. And her theory is that A1 milk protein is not digested as easily as A2. So she actually explains quite carefully what is the reason why she believes A2 milk is popular and successful. Um, I quizzed her pretty hard on the on the... Uh, literature and on the peer-reviewed studies there might be and uh, I'll be very interested to hear what your listeners think of her answers which which uh, which I think really just show you that it, it is something they don't want to disturb because last year they turned over about 1.3 billion dollars globally that's double what they were doing probably four years ago and their and their profit margin I think their net profit was about 260 million their EBITDA was about 600 million so so it took me about six months to get to interview with her. It turns out it's one of the few interviews she's done, and it looks like it might be the last one she does. So the question is, Chris, the question on everyone's lips, was your pressing interview what drew her away from the A2 Milk Company? Well, that's it. Maybe <laughs> maybe she feels she was doubting. She thought maybe she was sitting there, sitting on a uh, ephemeral company that yes. you know, could come unstuck any time. Who knows? You can get that episode from podcast1.com.au. Otherwise, just download the app. And and all all the all the sort of science aside, whether you think it's beneficial or not, A2 or A1 milk, you've got to admit the branding behind it, the advertising behind it, it really is quite genius. Well, the other part of that uh, dairy dairy quite contrary is an interview with Max Roberts, who is the CEO of Bega Cheese Company. We get the perspective of what's happening with regular milk because I sense that A2 milk was sort of a little bit jealously um, uh, looked at by the regular dairy producers who, unless they actually have all their cows specially selected for only producing A2 milk, they can't supply milk into that market, obviously. So mm. there, there is a bit of jealousy there, a bit of feeling that why should they get that extra margin, that extra business? Mm. But it's the old story, you know, customer's not always right, but the customer's always the customer. I think that uh, you've got to be careful with looking at all these things, but if people really think that that gives them an advantage, good luck to them. Look, great topic to discuss, and you should be getting into that at podcast1.com.au. Uh, Agribiners, it should be on the front page there, otherwise just download the app. Chris Russell is the podcast host, and he's joined me this morning. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, no worries, Sean. Sean for breakfast catch-up on Triple M. Bye-bye. Have a good time. Listen to Sean for breakfast wherever you are. Download the Triple M app now.